Hello, welcome to Blaze Pod. My name is Ben. Uh, it's Monday, the eighth of October. Sheffield United are top of the championship after twelve games, going into this international break and returning from uh, from his own international break, I suppose, from a holiday. It's Jay, aka Blades Analytic. How are you? Good, mate. Can we just repeat that sentence, please? Sheffield United are top of the championship after twelve games. I don't know how many times I'm going to say that on the pod. But if people are playing drinking blades pod, I suggest that's the rule because it's at least going to be ten. Yeah, I d- definitely uh, don't start that drinking game until late in the evening because we are going to say that quite a lot. I think, I mean, let, let's get this out of the way early doors. I guess is obviously you don't get promoted for being at the top in October, and obviously we were at the top uh, at a similar sort of stage last season. But I mean, you know, if if you can't enjoy the fact that we are currently the best team in the championship, then I mean, you might as well just not bother, are you? So. Anybody's telling you to, uh, oh, calm down and, oh, I'm sure something will go wrong at some point, just tell them to shut up. Enjoy the match. Yeah. Enjoy the results. The fact that we are, yeah, we are number one and it's blooming brilliant and I'm really enjoying it. And, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about that in some detail today. Obviously, you and I haven't spoken for a little bit. Um, I think we've had uh, it's three or four games since I last did a podcast, actually. Uh, and, obviously, now we have a two-week break as well before our next game, which is away at Derby County. So, um, yeah, we're going to, um, I guess, as I said, we, we've now had uh, a quarter of the season, roughly. Uh, we played 12 games. Um, so kind of a good point to to draw some conclusions, I guess. And some, you know, we've got some meaningful uh, data and sample size. We've obviously played half of the other teams in the league as well. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, I guess, the state of play with United, how we've how we've managed to get to the top of the league. And then we're going to give out some quarter season awards as well towards the end of the podcast which I'm quite looking forward to but yeah I, I think I mean we, well there's only one place to start isn't it? and that is you know being at the top of the league I mean you know the, the thing that's so I guess uh, the thing that I'm taking sort of most satisfaction from is, is the fact we actually do deserve to be there it's not like you remember about four or five weeks ago when Bolton were in third and you yeah. know just before we played them in fact and yeah I remember both of us were looking at that going yeah, that seems completely wrong. The way that they'd played was just completely unsustainable in terms of like the amount of shots they were conceding, the amount of shots they were taking. And and as it's uh, panned out, they've obviously slid right down the league. But yeah, with, with United, I mean, with any measure you care to use, and obviously you've been you know pushing out loads of these stats on Twitter, and I, I put something on up with Blaze.com earlier today as well, but any measure you care to use, we are one of, if not the best team in the league. We are up at the top, on merit, and what a great feeling it is to be able to say that. 100%, mate. Um, I, I can't... I've done some, I've done some digging, because to kind of put this into context, I can't apply any more context than comparing it to last season, because this, this is what's getting labelled at Blades fans from the other half, isn't it? It was the same last season, you know, that kind of debate. So let's, let's look at last season. So, you know, after 12 games last season, I'll just scroll down my little uh, database that I've got here. We scored 16 goals and have conceded 10. That's that's a simple stat. This season, we've scored 21, conceded 13. Improvement. Um, Expected goals-wise, we're expected goals fans. Uh, This season, our XG4 has been 22.4 so far. So we're pretty much hitting our XG, which is really about to be good context because our XG4 last season at the same point was only 11 goals, yet we'd scored 16. So you can already start to see last season, at this point, we had overperformed 
our chances, basically. We were finishing chances we shouldn't have. Whereas this season, that's totally not the case. We're one of the highest teams, you know, one of the highest teams in the league for expected goals. One of the best teams for expected goals against. Your piece highlighted that brilliantly. Um, shot data for us is never great because we don't take so many shots, which you've explained perfectly well in your uh, little piece today. Um, but, yeah, on any metric you could wish to measure, Sheffield United are clearly one of the best teams in the league. We've been dominating most games that we've played, although there is a caveat over opposition, which, again, you did know very well earlier. Um, and when we do have this tough run of fixtures coming up, I will be very intrigued to see if the performance levels drop, even if the results do or don't. But I, I can't have any argument of why we shouldn't be there. We are one of the best sides in the league. It's fact. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, we've won more games than any other team. I mean, it sounds kind of obvious when you're top of the league, but, you know, it's still good to throw out there. Uh, there's only four teams that have conceded fewer goals. Only two have scored more. Um, and we scored the third highest goals from open play, and, and yeah, just generally, I mean, we have the we have mo- the most touches inside the opposition penalty area, which is obviously a, a sign of a sort of strong attacking team, if you like. You know, we score goals from from close range, we're creating high quality chances, and yeah, it's uh, you know, there's there's no way you can say we don't deserve to be at the top of the league. I mean, yeah, I know you mentioned the um, the sort of I guess difficulty of opponent coming up, but. You know that, that shouldn't overlook the fact that we have also played some some pretty decent teams as well. To be yeah. honest, even if it's non, but I think it's only Borough of the current top six. But you know, you look at Norwich; they've suddenly shot right up there. You know, Bristol City as well. We're doing really well. Um, and, and I guess the point I sort of made in my in my article is that you know those those wins over teams at the bottom they're they're still points in the bag. That's still you know th- those points still count. And you know there was there was certainly down the stretch last year. We dropped so many points to teams down the league. I mean, sorry to bring it up again, but you know, Barnsley away, for example. Uh, we lost yeah. to Birmingham late on as well in the season. Um, I, I can't remember who it was. There's loads of other teams down the bottom of the league we dropped points to. It's just um, you know a really frustrating time. Whereas so far this season, you know, we're, we're brushing these teams aside. And I know, you know, I mean, if you look at the Preston and Millwall games, for example, yeah, we only won by a single goal, but. You know, we we essentially dominated those games and just had sort of five minutes where the opposition basically scored from pretty much their only two chances in the entire game. Whereas, you know, we, you know, comfortably ahead uh, on expected goals, if you like, and um, yeah, was was kind of deserved win. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a lovely feeling. I mean, I think one thing I just wanted to get your take on actually, which again is another thing that's very satisfying, is I don't feel like we're we're doing anything particularly different to what we did last season. We're just doing it a lot better. Obviously, we've you know we've brought in some some players that have kind of improved us. But in terms of our our style of play, it's still very similar to last season. I think. Would you agree with that? Yeah, in the main, yeah, the, the style is there. It was there last season, wasn't it? That you know, getting the ball into the final third, working the ball into the final third, probing from there. As you've always said, and I've always said, looking for big quality chances. It's quite simple what we look for. Hard to defend, but it's simple. We look to get to the byline and cut the ball back or cross. That is, you know, the cutback is the first option because we've got strikers who are very good in the six-yard box slash 18-yard box. If that isn't available, we cross. And that, that hasn't changed. The only thing that has changed is how we get the ball into the final third. That, the reason I'm saying that is, A, there's some statistical evidence to suggest that John Egan is a big factor in this and Chris Basham. They are working the ball out from the back better this year than they were last year. I know Egan wasn't with us, so I'm taking Stearman's performances in that 
And that's not a, that's not a slight on Thiemann at all. The players are different. They have different attributes. And I think we've seen in the last few weeks, especially at Blackburn away, Egan's strength with passing out from the back. Some wonderful forward passes. He's cutting players out of the game, giving the ball to Duffy directly. And that, that you know, if he misses three or four players out of the game, Duffy turns and runs at the back four or three, whatever the opposition have. We're already in the area we need to be in. The other aspect is Kieran Freeman. Mm. I, I cannot emphasise enough how different our... I saw on Sky Sports, finally they caught up with me and started doing things like average touch maps and you know, <laughs> pushing in the box and things. I'm going to take a little bit of a big-headedness there. Um, Basically, last year, our average touch wrap and our kind of chance creation dominance came from the left-hand side. Yes. wasn't wasn't so bad in the first 12 games, but it, it was consistent throughout the season. It was very simple. Jack O'Connell, Ender Stevens, Mark Duffy, John Fleck, all go to the left. They're all great ball players. It's natural. Unfortunately, with Baldock, who very good, but not as good on the ball, especially in attacking areas, we tended to drift from the right-hand side. So we didn't attack that much. What Freeman gives us is complete balance now if you look at any average touch map if you look at our XG chain networks these type of things that I tweet out that might not make sense to anyone but just look at the pictures they have they show things where the right hand side is being more productive than the left and that I think is a massive impact on our game because it's made us it's made us make the pitch wider and the opposition have to guess now where we're coming from yeah. because we do still come down the left but Duffy can drift either side now and these little overlaps and 1v2s happen on both sides rather than one this whole Sheffield United have been found out thing is completely out the window. Yeah, and I, I guess also the the impact of that extra strength down the right is that you know Stevens and whoever else is drifting out to the left has has more space. Is you know um, yep. opposition can't kind of uh, I, I guess play heavy handed down that side and try and shut down That's that it. option. And we, I think we've definitely seen that with um, Stevens' incredible improvement in the last I'd say probably eight games. I mean, people sort of say, oh, it's you know, it coincides with Marvin Johnson arriving. I, personally, I think that's a bit bit of a lazy sort of assumption. I'm not sure that's actually correct. I'm sure it has had an effect, but I feel like his, his uptick kind of started a few games before that. But but yeah, Freeman, I mean, this is uh, it, it's such a cliche, but it actually is like a new signing, isn't it? I mean, we missed yeah. him for, uh, what, I would say probably all but maybe 10 or 12 games last season. He got, I think he got injured in the Ipswich home game, which I, I reckon was around this sort of time, sort of September, October. Um, but yeah, he's. I mean, we went into this season, you wrote that great piece for um, for the site about, you know, who should actually start out of Baldock and, um, and Freeman. And, you know, we, we're very high on Baldock. We think he had a really good season last year, even if his kind of his overall production maybe wasn't as wasn't what we wanted in terms of chances created and, and goals as well. Although you know he then started this season with uh, with a goal in the first game, but yeah, I mean Freeman's just blown me away. I, I was kind of thinking, you know, yes, he was he was fantastic in League One in in that sort of uh, hundred point winning side. He you know hit double figure goals from uh, from right wing back. Obviously, incredible season. But then I thought, well, you know, is he going to be able to do it in the Championship? And I didn't really feel that we saw enough last season in his you know injury afflicted season to actually answer that question but I was kind of leaning towards well possibly not you know I haven't seen enough evidence to kind of make me think yes he's going to be really good in the championship but certainly seeing that in these first 12 games is just uh as you say the the balance we have the link up with with Basham with Duffy with you know whichever striker's kind of rotating over there it's just been brilliant it just makes it just makes us so much more I guess varied in what we're doing you know we do try and you know sort of probe with the ball and you know it's not just 
It's not just give it to someone and hope they can dribble around laser players, or it's not just whack it up to the target man. And yeah, suddenly we're a, we're a threat from both uh, both sides and the middle, I suppose. So yeah, it's uh, it's lovely to see. Absolutely. Yeah, you've, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. It was it was evolution, not revolution, in the summer, wasn't it? Mm. You know, it, it, we haven't changed anything big, but what we've done is added intricate little things. But Goldrick's massive. Mm. Got I cannot describe how big his role is in everything that we do attacking. Because that ability to have a player who's comfortable dropping off, he can handle the ball under pressure. Two, three men are often on the Goldrick, and he'll turn away from trouble and keep possession. And not only does he keep it, he's not just passing it back; he's moving it to the opposite wing. So again, we're, we're moving the opposition around. He can dribble, um, he can drop off and play the number 10, which allows Duffy to go more advanced uh, and go beyond him. And he's, a, he's really the perfect foil for Sharp. Because Sharp mm. just wants to play on the shoulder you know, and, and pick up scraps and things from, from crosses and through balls. So that, that's a big, big thing. And obviously, the obvious one as well, I'm sure we'll get to this when we get to the awards, but Norwood as well just, just adds a whole heap of balance because naturally right footed, he's going to pass a lot to the right-hand side, but his range of passing and it, it, Positioning, he's just in that quarterback pivot role where we just go down one side, it's not on, go back to Norwood. There's a beautiful switch on, and you know, we've covered 30 40 yards in no time at all, and the opposition just aren't set for what's coming. And that relationship of that midfield has formed beautifully. I think, I think the best compliment I can give us is not from a Blades fan. If you read any of Roy's forums on the opposition fans, mm. I was reading the Blackburn ones, and they were saying they, they, they were the best side we've seen in a long time. Yeah, and when, when away fans are saying that, and when there's things like Leeds podcasts, you know, that are very good and very thought, you know, highly thought of, saying that Sheffield United are the silent assassins. They're the team to watch. This, this is not from us. We're not biased. People are watching us perform and seeing a side that are quite clearly dominant and quite clearly good enough to, to, to maintain this, quite frankly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I just want to quickly hark back to something you said there about, you know, being, being found out, which was definitely something that... Uh, I guess a, a lot of people sort of felt last season in the um, <clears throat> excuse me in the second half of the season as our form dropped off for you know for various reasons really obviously the Coots injury was a big deal I mean as, as you mentioned earlier you know we were overperforming in terms of we were scoring goals at a higher rate than perhaps we should have been at that start of the season obviously Leon Clark was on that incredible goal scoring streak as well um, but yeah the, the fear was oh we've been found out and and this is what's so pleasing for me so far this season is you know we're still playing the same way so you know we're not doing anything kind of revolutionary as you mentioned we've not come into this season with this incredible new tactic that the league hasn't figured out yet we're still doing we you know we're playing Wilder's style we're playing the Sheffield United way that we've seen now for uh you know two and a half seasons or, or thereabouts and yeah, it's so good that teams have real difficulty stopping it. And, you know, that, that does bode very, very well for the future. I mean, you know, even if, uh, you know, God forbid something happened to, to Norwood, for example, well, we've got Coots on his way back now. He made his first uh, couple of appearances this week as well. So, yeah, that that kind of thing is, is very encouraging for me that, you know, maybe, you know, well, we've already said this isn't a fluke, but it, it could have, you know, this could be form for the long term, really, which is, is pretty... Pretty exciting. I'm still trying to uh, kind of maintain, <laughs> just, just just control my enthusiasm levels a little bit for this season. No, but... I, I think you're right. And, and the most beautiful thing about what you said there is there is a Sheffield United way. Yeah. I've, in my lifetime, apart from the Warnock era of we're going to battle for everything and it's quite long, I, I've never known a Sheffield United way like this. There is teams in this league who would wish to replicate what we do. Definitely. Like that, that, that is just, there is no other better testament to Chris Wilder than that. When you watch Sheffield United play now, everyone knows what's coming. They can't stop it, but everyone knows what's coming. 
Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, a couple of other things, sort of strings to the bow, if you like, that we've we've added this season. Uh, I think we're, we're demonstrably better at, at managing uh, tight games, if you like, you know, shutting yeah. down games. Uh, we've seen a few times kind of uh, adapting formation on the fly, which I think we did really well against Blackburn, actually. It's a good point just to quickly talk about that. Um, so Blackburn kind of switched formation at halftime after United had essentially controlled the game. Uh, they changed to a back three themselves, basically matched our formation. And, you know, fair play to Mowbray. I thought that that did really work for about 15, 20 minutes at the start of the second half. I, I think they completed twice as many passes in that period yeah. and they had uh, they had more shots inside the box. But we then changed to kind of match their change, if you like, and moved Basham further forward. We had McGoldrick sort of dropping a bit deeper and suddenly we had control of the game again and we ended up you know getting the two goals and, and winning pretty comfortably to be honest so you know that kind of thing is great we've had the sort of um you know being able to sort of shut down close games or, or games where the opposition are kind of coming at us a little bit like the uh, the villa game for example where you know they just had absolutely no clue what to do when we just let them have the ball for the last half hour um so yeah that's been great and also um you know, the addition of Norwood means we're suddenly good at set pieces again, or the addition of Norwood and Egan, I suppose. And that's such yeah. a big deal in tight games where, you know, we can just, you just know that even if, you know, everything else isn't working, if you win a corner or a free kick, suddenly there's a fairly good chance it's going to be a chance for United, which is, you know, just not something we had last season at all. Um, I think we, uh, what was the stat for this? I think after 10 games... Uh, sorry, last season we finished 20th in terms of um, goals from set pieces. Yep. And after 10 games, I think we had like the joint second or something like that this season. So just a massive yep. improvement in that. and makes such a big difference, I think, which we've already seen. Yeah, well, it got us the penalty on Saturday, didn't it? You know, yeah. Because uh, we, did, we, we, we did okay in the first half, but in the second half, we didn't really create much. We, we was on top, but there wasn't a lot of creation going on in terms mm. of clear-cut chances. There was a lot of good playing around the box. And I think... It was more of a pressure ploy on Saturday, wasn't it? It, it? We were just applying pressure and there was always going to be a mistake. You felt Hull had a mistake in them. Yeah. But I think you've hit a game, good point about the game management. And the other thing is almost the ability to survive. So at the start of the season, we saw Swansea came on top of us and we, we didn't handle the pressure. Middlesbrough, we buckled at set pieces. But really, from the QPR game onwards, we've shown an ability to survive even if we aren't on top. So mm. Birmingham clearly, I mean, perhaps unfortunately didn't score. But we survived. We got a nil-nil draw. People at the time were quite right to be a little bit awry of that performance, but it turned out to be a good point. Um, yeah. Bristol, Bristol City, all right, we conceded, but it was from such a low kind of quality chance that facts and figures say that ain't going to happen again. Yeah. You know, we, we kept them to minimal efforts on goal. We would have survived that game and got a point out of there. As you say, you know, Hull on Saturday, yeah, Dean Henderson had to make a great save. There was, you know, some, some hairy moments, but we survived. But it, it, this is the side to Sheffield United I didn't see last year I would have seen that whole game last year as we would have lost it 1-0 from that chance where the guy headed it and Hendo made a great save or maybe drawn the game we certainly wouldn't have won it and that, that's too easy to say it might be lazy but just my opinion I don't think we would have well I don't think you're alone there I mean the amount of times I've seen that um, particularly in the last three or four weeks actually that kind of comment of last season we we wouldn't have won that or we we would have we you know we would have lost that game would have drawn that game and yeah, you know, there's kind of uh, situations where the game flow has gone against us. Like Preston, you know, we blow that two-goal lead. And I think last season, yeah, we would have been like, oh, God, you know, if this is, well, it's, a draw is probably the best we can hope out of this. Obviously ended up winning. Norwich at home, got a late goal to win. Millwall, we went 2-1 down at Millwall. Yeah. 
just a nightmare ground for us, a nightmare ground for pretty much every team, actually. There's only us and Swansea have won there this season, and, you know, some pretty decent teams. I think Leeds and Brentford have dropped points there, and, you know, 2 1 down at Millwall. Sorry, go on. Middlesbrough as well. They drew their first game of the season. That's right, yeah. Um, and they needed, I think they needed two late goals as well to get get back That's into right. that one. But yeah, there's, there's been a lot of times where I've felt it and I've seen other people say, you know, there's no way we would have won that or got a point out of that last season. And yeah, that's it, it, you know, there's obviously no real way to say def- definitively whether that's accurate or not, but I definitely agree with the sentiment. That's absolutely how it feels. And yeah, it just, I mean, it's it, it's just a, a very satisfying time to be an Arctic fan, I think, you know, getting... Uh, I mean, the other thing probably is, uh, you know, we, we've shared this on, on Twitter quite a lot as well, but um, the amount of games that we've taken more points in this season compared to the same fixture last season. So uh, if that's a really terrible way of explaining it, as an example, away at Millwall last season, we lost. This season, we won, so we're three points up. Norwich at home, we lost last season. This season, we won, so another three points up. And yeah, it's almost remarkable how many more points we've taken from those exact fixtures this season. And I don't know whether you can say like, oh, well, we've you know we've come in with a different game plan or a different style for those specific games but at the very least it's like a nice bit of revenge that we get more points this season over those teams all right then so let's uh let's get into some of these quarter season awards then so we've come up with some some categories uh some of them are fairly standard others are a bit more uh well imaginative i suppose and i guess a good place to start talking about sort of uh uh, you know, taking more points and and revenge and a nice feeling, etc. Let Let's start with our award for best moment of the season so far. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you have first dibs at that one. Yeah, it was good. You were talking about Millwall there because that that's my best moment of the season so far. Hmm. Um, maybe recently, so I'm biased. My mental bias is kicking in. But for the reasons that you outlined previous, two one down away at Millwall. I don't think you win that game if you're Sheffield United last season. I don't think many teams do. Mm. I know they're, they're not the Millwall they were last season, but they're still Millwall. It's still a horrible place to play football. The ball's on top of you. The kitchen sink's coming. And then two on up is the side you don't want to play. They're, they're chasing everything, aren't they? Yeah. But the composure that we showed, A, the character in the first place, to pick ourselves up and go again, which this side has definitely got. But that composure to play and play and play, get the, get the second, you know, get the goal, get the third goal, which was just an outstanding goal yeah, for the really time of the game it was just to have that yeah that level of composure so that was my moment of the season because that's when I knew this side was for real real you know you, you don't go to Millwall be 1-0 up come 2-1 down and then win the game if you're not a very very good side it's a good statement win that one isn't it actually yeah I was uh, yeah yeah. That, that one definitely took me by surprise I was not expecting us to turn that one around um I think I think my best moment so far, uh, and I sort of uh, between two of them really, but they both involve Billy Sharp. But I'm going to go with the uh, his winner against Norwich, um, which yeah. I think I think was our first home win of the season. I believe that's right. Um, obviously, yeah. uh, just scoring an injury time winner against Norwich is uh, is extremely enjoyable for uh, for karmic reasons, and you know the fact that it's Sharp as well and. You know, that that was another of those games we could easily have lost. I mean, we mentioned Henderson earlier. He made that ridiculous save from what was essentially a three-on-one where the linesman didn't put his flag oh, up. Yeah, yeah. Talked about that loads of times, obviously. But it was just a very even game in the second half, I think, that one. And, yeah, definitely was just sort of just heading for a draw. I mean, I, I didn't expect us to get a winner at all. And then, yeah, uh, great ball by Basham. McGoldrick heads it back across and, and Sharp pretty much couldn't miss. And, 
yeah, off off we go. A great home win. So yeah, that was my. I'm going to have that as my number one most enjoyable moment. But I think my my other one it is pretty close. Was also sharp, and that was his goal against Aston Villa. Because yeah, that was just another oh, yeah. great moment. But I think what what kind of made that stand out for me was that obviously we just destroyed Villa in that first half. We're three 0 up at half time, and you know maybe this is just. I'm sure all football fans think this. They just. I bet any any other football fan in that situation will be thinking, "Ah, oh, please, please don't let the opposition get a goal like early in the second half." Yeah. And suddenly it's three one, and oh, a bit, you know, it starts to get a little bit hairy. But we just came out with the same level intent uh, of intent, rather. Um, Sharp scored sort of within ten twelve minutes of the second half with four 0 up, and it's like, "Oh no, that's not how we're approaching this game. We're keeping our foot down. We're going to try and get more goals. We sense the vulnerability in this team, and we're just going to flatten them." And I think also. It was such a good goal in terms of, uh, I guess, representing the way that we play. Such like high intensity, getting into tackles, getting it forward quickly, but with like quickly but with quality. You know, uh, the goalkeeper went to throw the ball out. I think it's Freeman sort of flies in to try and intercept it, doesn't make it, but Norwood then sort of crunches in with a tackle, plays it to Freeman who's still in position, and then he lays it into Sharp who you know spins just on the spot and finishes left foot. Great goal and uh, yeah, two two brilliant moments, two Billy Sharp goals in front of the cop. Uh, I had a good view of both of them, so definitely enjoyed those. Um, I, I have got one more. Yeah, go on. Is, I mean, there's loads. The, the lunch and tackle on Greenish, which is just great. Oh, I forgot about Paul Coops coming on away at Black, coming on away at Blackburn. Yeah, that was that, nice. I, I, I don't care what performance we've got. That, that man, yeah, that, that deserves a shout out because that man's been through hell and yeah, it's lovely to see him back. Yeah. It really is. And um, yeah, so I think the last time he played, we went top of the league. And the first time he's back, we, or back at the lane anyway, we uh, we went top of the league again, which is uh, a nice bit of symmetry there. So yeah, it was good to see him come on uh, come on against Hull as well. And I've sort of, um, I think he played about 25 minutes actually. I think he came on like sort of 65 minutes, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. And uh, yeah. he looked good, I thought. I mean, there was sort of that one. Fortunately, I, I did look this up. So he, he attempted 18 passes and uh, he only completed yeah, 17, which is pretty disappointing. Yeah, the one he gave away. The one he gave away <laughs> led to by, uh, Hull's best chance, unfortunately, which is the uh, it, yeah. <laughs> the header from Henriksen that Henderson, that's a lot of Hendersons there. Um, Henderson, uh, fortunately, uh, pulled off the stop. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure uh, <laughs> over the next few weeks, he won't be repeating that kind of uh, loose pass. Um, yeah, definitely a good shout. Um, what would you have as your... Well, actually, maybe this is a good point to this. Who is your player of the season so far? And I am 99.9% confident we're going to agree on this one. But who have you got? Because we, I agree that we're going to agree on this one, I almost tried to go out of the box. And that's where <laughs> kind of Freeman shot coming. But it's all in order, isn't it? I mean, it has to be. Yeah. It has to be. I mean, you, you put some brilliant stats out per game stats, you know, in your piece. I did a, a bit on some championship midfield, a bit on Twitter the other day. If people haven't seen it, it's decent thread. It kind of shows how good our midfield is because it's not just Norwood, it's Fleck and Duffy as well. But hmm. I've never known someone coming up that level of impact at Sheffield United in such a short time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is one thing that uh, kind of I thought of earlier. It's like we've kind of taken for granted how quickly. He's been brilliant. Yeah. Like, there's not been any acclimatization to the way that we play. It, it's. I mean, I, I wrote this earlier, but it's like it's hard to imagine a, someone better built for Wilder's style of football. 
and he's just dropped, you know, he had that uh, that great debut against Hull in the League Cup. Um, and, you know, you, you could sort of say, well, it was only the League Cup and they only had, you know, half a team out. But that was actually his level of performance for every single game apart from the Birmingham one where he had a bizarre shocker. But, yeah, I mean, have you got those stats in front of you? Do you want to just, uh, just, just hit people with some of those that show just how damn good he's been so far? <laughs> well, I've got some in front of me, but you can look at yours. They're probably more advanced. But uh, yeah, so he is um, <clears throat> basically. I, I pulled some information which is uh, I compared him to other Championship outfield players with a, a minimum of 500 minutes played. So kind of offsetting anybody who's only played a game or so. But yeah, he's uh, he ranks seventh for assists per game. Uh, he ranks number one for key passes per game. So that's a, a pass at least to a chance. He's number one for passes attempted. He's eighth for passes completed. Um, and this one I thought was very interesting. Was um, he's, He ranks first for accurate long passes, which is yeah. uh, 9.2 per game. So, yeah, this is these are not, as anyone who has watched United with Norwood in midfield will know, these, this is not a case of somebody who's just sat on the halfway line kind of just tapping it to a, an, an unmarked teammate, basically. He's just, I mean, yeah, it is basically a quarterback isn't it he is spraying the ball all over the pitch he's the most involved player pretty much every single week in terms of being on the ball and he is also I mean he's I guess by that definition he's literally the most creative player in the league in terms of how many chances he creates and yeah as the kind of added bonus his set piece delivery is unbelievable and gives us a, a completely other dimension and yeah I saw this on uh, on Twitter as well we've um We've taken 22 points from a possible 27 since he joined. So good work from him. That's a pretty decent impact, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he's just... We've both tried there with the statistics. You can't quantify it. You actually can't. Because his influence on a game doesn't just come in the you know, wonderful passing stats. You know, the ones I did, I can't get them up. But the ones I pulled out as well with the same great passing stats. But there's always questions. What does that lead to? You know, or is it because he's so deep? Is it because he's so high? But... He's a fulcrum of everything. So he plays in our own half. He sprays the ball out to the wings or, or, or directly up to the central channel for Duffy in our own half. Then when we set in the opposition's half, you see whatever it goes through. We have various interesting things. So if you see the kind of average touch maps that, that Sky did, it really was good to see. Mm. One thing that we can do is we can do pass maps with that. So we, do, we can count passes between combinations, passes between player to player, whatnot. And that, that produces a shape. Now, some of these shapes are well-known in the coaching world and the analyst world as to what it means for how a team plays. And we've got a similar shape to what Manchester City have, which is kind of the horseshoe shape, which is we go around one way, if it doesn't come back, if you imagine almost like a C, we mm. come back round the other way. Every single pass that comes back round is through Oliver Norwood. That's very, it doesn't go for anyone else. It goes through Norwood. Mm. So we go to Norwood out to the wing, we probe, we come back to Norwood to the other wing, and that is how we play. That cannot be kind of quantified how good he is in that. Because yeah. without him, as it was proven, Lee Evans has gone to Wigan and some of these stats are tweeted out and Lee Evans in the top five. He's been brilliant. He's a good player. Oliver Norwood is all ours. He was perfect for our team, as you said. And the money that we paid for him, I, I just can't comprehend why others weren't in at that money. No, me neither. Uh, that is uh, <laughs> that is really, really strange, isn't it? Obviously, I'm delighted that that's the case. But yeah, there you go. I mean, one thing that was... Uh, I certainly noticed this in the second half um, of the whole game. I think it was Jackson Irvine, if I got his name right. The dude with the man bun. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Good. That's that's just how I know. But anyway, he was uh, he was playing very very tight to Norwood in the second half, and I was kind of thinking, yeah. oh, you know, that's, yeah. that's they've recognised what our strength is. I have to say, fair play to Adkins. Actually, um, you know, tactically, I thought he, he was pretty much spot on in that whole game. You know, they essentially oh, I, I... Tr- you'd agree. Yeah, they did try. You know, they tried to kind yeah. of containers in the first half and then they actually did have a go in the second half I mean you know it was certainly wasn't as uh, as negative as we saw from Preston for example um, a couple of weeks ago so yeah but you know a little bit of credit for one of our worst managers of recent years but um, yeah so anyway uh, with, with Irving kind of stood on Norwood I thought oh that's going to make it difficult and you know this might be the first stage of teams kind of recognizing that that's what you need to do but it didn't actually really affect anything because he's so good and you know having a player having a player go to him just frees up our other footballers because they're all good on the ball so yeah that that doesn't concern me that teams are just going to try and man mark Norwood out of the game if anything it might actually just give more space to Duffy and Fleck and our wing backs and Basham getting on as well so yeah I I I don't think uh, yeah I think if you had the player of the season vote right now I think it would be like 90% 90% Norwood, I would imagine. Oh, my God, yeah. Well, just one last thing, I know we're pushing time, so we need to get through this, but Norwood's defensive stats are great. Yeah, I like, like that up as well. really good. His tackles completed. Yeah, his tackles completed, his interceptions. Like, he's ranking in the top 15 for midfielders in the league. Yeah. For all of these. So we haven't just bought a passing midfielder. He might be slightly afraid, but he gets stuck in, he reads the game well, and he does the defensive midfield shield job as well, which is, that is something I'm going to label that Lee Evans didn't do very well. He's not doing bad for Wigan this year, but I can't remember Evans doing that. Often Evans, for me, got skipped by quite quickly and then would commit a foul because he mm. skipped by because of lack of pace or lack of reading. Whereas Norwood's very good at pressing. He's aggressive. He puts himself about the pitch as well. It's another element to his game because, like you said on the Villa goal, he can go and win the ball high up the pitch and early because he's very good at reading it. And he's actually, despite his frame, very good in the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, then let's. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we. I'm glad we agree on that. I'm not very surprised to be honest. Um, I, I guess by definition, the best signing has to be Norwood as well. Then, do you, do you think? Or oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I get, okay. So that that might be late. We, so we can give it. We can give a silver signing. medal award to someone as well there if you want. Yes. <laughs> Go best on. signing without Norwood. Yeah, that, that's a better category. One, this would be interesting, actually. Um, it depends what you like, doesn't it? Um, I, I think I think with Goldrick's been great. Mm. Uh, there's no denying that. You know, he's gone from being a bit part striker when he came in on a free transfer to quite clearly a key member of our starting eleven now. Yeah, I think that'd be fair enough, wouldn't it? I, I'm going to go though for Egan. Yeah. I, I, I'm been a bit about that. So we've actually conceded more goals than we did last season. Um, due to a couple of clean sheets recently, the tide's turned a little bit in where we rank for goals conceded. And XG against is in the top five best in the league. So hmm. we're kind of where we, where we want to be for a defence. I know there was that period a couple of weeks ago where we conceded threes and twos and fans were starting to question if Egan should play, which is just crazy. Uh, I think that he's been the standout defender in most games where we've had to defend. Yeah. He had that sh- shaky start at the beginning where I think Wilder said it in an interview about three weeks into the season. It just made sense. He's never played in a back three before, yeah. especially in a Sheffield United system of a back three. So... Know, give him a bit of slack, give him a bit of leeway, but he's now, I can't imagine the team without Egan in it. He dominates the ball in the air, he wins a lot of duels, so the kind of balls where it's coming on the floor in the air and the strikers backing in, Egan wins a lot of those balls. He's very strong and he's very good at intercepting as well. 
And that's something we actually pulled before the start of the season, which he's got a better interception rate than Stearman. So I think you can see that it passes the eye test. Um, and then obviously the, the kind of attacking threat he brings at set piece mm. is very good at attacking the ball. And his passing in the last few games has been outstanding. He can split defensive lines through passing, whether it be a long ball or whether he's playing it along the floor at speed. He's very comfortable on the ball as well. And I, I think Stearman's done nothing wrong. He's a good replacement whenever we need him. But for me, I think Johnny Egan's been great. Kind of stuck between Henderson and McGoldrick behind them. Uh, there's, there's things I love about them both. But for me, I think Egan's contributed to the team a lot more than anyone else apart from Nord. Yeah, I, I would go with uh, I'll go with Egan as well. I think I think uh, McGoldrick's been McGoldrick's probably uh, I guess the player that has exceeded my expectations the most out of the new signings. Yes. Um, but I, yeah, I, Egan. I mean, you know, we, we paid uh, a club record for an established Championship central defender, and that's exactly what he looks like. He looks like a very very good Championship defender. Um, and yeah, I you know I always like. Signings that uh, you know are going to be with us for potentially three or four years, you know, before we need to replace them. Essentially, I mean, he, he just looks really, really good at this level. So, yeah, I, I'd go with that as well. And yeah, I, I think he he's improved kind of as the games have gone on, as you say, as he's got more familiar with the system. So, yeah, really, really good signing. Um, what, uh, what what what's your biggest surprise? If you had to give an award for a thing that is the most surprising to you uh, and it could be a, a big thing or a, a small detail in a game or over the season um, I've got I've got a few kind of nominations here what, what are you thinking? I'd be interested to I've got a few as well I'd be interested to got the same ones here um, I, I, I kind of approach this as a player perspective because we're kind of giving out player awards Okay. Um, so kind of thinking about what we spoke about earlier Freeman's performance as an output mm. it's a surprise to me how good he is. Well, I knew he was good from League One and he's clearly a better attacker than Bulldog. We, we wrote that before the season started. I didn't know he was this good. Yeah. Like, he, he, is, he reminds me a lot and, and, and for people who watched the Championship a lot last year, not just us, but for other teams, he reminds me a lot of Matt Doherty at Wolves mm. who's now excelling in the Premier League in terms of he's an unheralded kind of unfancied player, especially at Wolves they bought in all these kind of foreign superstars and Doherty just stayed the course. But what he brings to the team it's undeniable. And the only way you realise it is when he's not there. Yeah. You know, Freeman's attacking the output, as we said earlier, I'm not going to go over it again, but we play more down the right, we create better chances from the right-hand side now. His quality and composure around the box is brilliant. And you can trust him. If you give him the ball out wide or in the box, you can trust him to do something with it. And it, it, I, yeah, that's a massive surprise. And then the other one is just, I shouldn't be surprised, but I am continually surprised that Billy Sharp can score the rate of goals that he does in this league. Yeah. I, I shouldn't be, but I am because we have created a whole new range of XG called the Billy Sharp range. Yeah, XG Billy, as I saw somebody uh, call XG him on Twitter. Billy, yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. Anything below a 0.6 XG, Billy Sharp doesn't do. No, no. A four yards out or a penalty, that's, that's all it is. And he's the best striker in the championship for it. There's a reason that he's, what, set joint second top goal scorer or joint third with the second highest XG. At this form, I think you asked me a couple of weeks ago, actually. I was going to bring this up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I said no at the time. And I think there's evidence to suggest I had good reason for that. Yeah. I rescind, I rescind my previous statement. Oh, that's bold. Yeah, so if, I, if anybody missed that, we had a uh, sort of, are these narratives going to continue for the season? And uh, one of them I sort of pitched was uh, Billy Sharp will score 15 goals this season. And we 
we sort of went with no, which was, I can't remember when this was, it was about three or four games ago. So, but yeah, now he's got seven league goals, he only needs eight more. And yeah, I, I won't be, uh, I won't be surprised if he gets there, to be honest, to that completely arbitrary mark that we just made up. But yeah, I, that, that was actually one of my biggest surprise nominees as well is, is Sharp and McGoldrick having 12 league goals between them. Uh, I, I just did not yep. expect that in 12 games at all from, you know, from either of them. That's not, not a kind of uh, slight on their ability. It's just that they've been significantly better than I kind of expected. Um, I think <laughs> definitely the biggest surprise for me is uh, is being top of the league. That was not something I expected remotely. Um, uh, I've already mentioned the sort of instant impact of, of Norwood as well. Uh, again, you know, not something that generally happens in football for somebody to just slot in immediately. Um, but I think personally, uh, it's the win over Villa. And I know, um, okay, yep. I know, kind of advanced metrics, expected goals, kind of said, well, you know, we were extremely clinical in that game, and you know, four-one, <laughs> we, we've kind of gone round and round on this, like four-one flattered us, but didn't actually flatter us if you watch the game. But yep. yeah, just the level of performance in that game. I mean, people were talking, you know, oh, I've not seen anything like that in fifty years of watching United, and. Uh, fortunately slash unfortunately I don't have 50 years of United watching experience behind me it's it's a fair bit less but I, I would agree it's it's certainly the best sort of 45 minutes possibly even a whole game that I've ever seen and yeah it was just uh, I mean I thought we'd lose that game I looked at I know Villa uh, they've now sacked Bruce and they were playing uh, slightly you know below themselves but I think I think they were unbeaten going into that game is that right? I have a vague memory uh, of that yeah, I think yeah, they I were. Think, yeah. I think they they're just drawn a load. They were bad form. Yeah, uh, and yeah. you know, you looked at the quality of players they have, and I thought, you know, this is going to be one of those games where we put up a good fight, but ultimately, their their little bit of extra quality is going to get them a win, basically like we had in the game against them last season. But oh no, <laughs> we completely flattened them, uh, blew me away, blew them away, uh, and yeah, that that would be my. I'd give that as my my surprise of the season. I think. What would you pick out of? Uh, out of yours, if you had to pick a number one, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for Sharp. I am going yeah. to go for Billy because we, we as Blades fans, we're probably the worst for it actually. Except that when <laughs> we've continued to write Billy off because of age, because of decline, you know, we scored a lot of goals last year, good XG per game, good goals per game ratio. But you know, you think a year older, he's going to do it. Oh, we've only got Billy and McGoldrick, but actually, that's a fair point to include McGoldrick in that as well as a partnership. Not just Billy as well, because McGoldrick's got more goals at this point this season than Clark had at this point last season. Uh, oh yeah, Clark's got so, I mean, on that run in November, didn't he? Yeah, November? I mean, well, I think that was October time that he hit, but we've not played the whole game yet where he scored the hat trick. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Take the first twelve games. We played the Wednesday game and the Wolves game where Clark had just started to score. He scored seven um, in two games, didn't he? I think Hull and then, uh, or seven in three games. Sorry, Hull and then Fulham. Yeah, seven in three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I mean. You know, look at and you take them goals. I know we've had discussions. You can't take them goals out of their goal scored, but in terms of goals per game, Goldrick's got a right here where he might, he's not going to touch Leon Clark's ninety. You know, he's not. But it's, you know, our big thing was can we make up those nine, ten goals from Leon Clark that, mm. that he won't score this year? Well, he might not score even that many, but the odds are the rest of the team are doing it, and these two are the, the pinnacle of that. So I'm going to go with that as the biggest surprise. We've got one of probably the most unfancy strike partnerships in the league at the start of the season and now it's one of the best so yeah. I, I agree with you that's the biggest surprise definitely nice um, alright I didn't, I didn't come up with a good name for this one but uh, 
a thing <laughs> a thing that you think will regress to mean. So what I mean by that is something that's slightly fluky so far or is slightly overperformed or indeed underperformed that you think just over the course of the season with various factors and a, a bigger sample size you think will will be different essentially. Uh, have you have you got anything for that uh, one? I've got one that's not really good with the stats now, but it's just a bit of a thought, really. Um, Go on, and I, I, I don't think in the next set of twelve games we'll score as many goals. Okay. Um, so that, that that's which sounds really daft to be quite frank, because our XG suggests that we're at twenty two and a half, which is yeah, we scored twenty one. You know, that's, that's, we're underperforming technically. We've got room for manoeuvre, um, but it, it's just more. A, the opposition. I, I'm not saying we won't get points from the next run of games, but I think we'll score less goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is it is a little bit to do with our style of play. I have no problem with our style of play. It's the exact right ploy for our, our system and our players, and especially our strikers. But I don't think you'll see too many games coming up where we score three and three again and four and twos. I, I think we'll hopefully turn into a bit more of a 1-0, 2-1 win type of team. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I don't want to see four and threes, but... That, that isn't sustainable in the long term, even if the chance data suggests we were the better team in that game, if you see what I mean. Yeah. The game state things like the Preston, the Millwall game, we can't keep doing that, I admit that. So I just think we'll score some less goals, but that's more of a guess, to be honest. There's no yeah. statistical evidence behind that, it's just more of a, an inkling. Mine is uh, mine's actually very similar, uh, or related, I suppose, and, and that's just, I, I think we'll draw more games. It's, it's almost weird that we've... Uh, yeah. The parallel with last season where, again, I think we went... We had something bizarre, like 15 games at the start of the season without drawing one. In fact... That's right. I don't know whether I've misremembered this, but I feel like our first draw was against Birmingham last season and against Birmingham this season as well. I'll need to check yes. that. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's quite freaky, actually. But, yeah, um, but yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, it just seems you know kind of unsustainable that we will uh, either win or lose to such a degree, I guess. And, you know, it, the, quite a lot of our wins have been by a single goal and you sort of think, yeah. oh, maybe this is a... I might be borrowing from kind of NFL uh, sports writing here, but they always say, you know, wins by a single touchdown in that case tend to sort of uh, not be sort of sustainable uh, over a, over a long period, I guess. But, you know, I mean, the yeah, kind of... Ca- the, yeah, I mean, the sort of caveat I'd have there, though, is that we have definitely got better at managing those games. You know, we we yeah. seem to be able to close games out in a slightly better fashion. I mean, the Preston one is the antithesis of that although we obviously ended up getting the win themselves but yeah I, w- I would just think we will uh you know <laughs> we will draw games at a higher rate than one in 12 for the rest of the season i think um and yeah as you, I, you know it's kind of related great, to your point that's a great one no that's a, that's a great one mate uh, that is, to be fair I, that's more probably leading towards i was at with the goal side of it. it was more we won't get as many points because i don't think we'll win as many of these tied games yeah um even though they should like some of them and it, it it also kind of falls into the, the away form being so good as well um, yes. When we start playing, you know, because that last season that was our big bugbear, the away form against the top ten in the league wasn't very good at all. Mm. Um, wasn't was shockingly bad, but it wasn't good. So when we start playing these teams away from home, the Derbys, the Forest, things like that, that that's when you might start seeing some drop points. Whether it's, I hope they're draws. I'll take draws. Um, I think as Alex Ferguson says, you beat the dross, you draw against the good ones, you're never going to be far from the top top four. Um, you know, and that's what we seem to be doing. So let's. Let's hope that continues and we can, we can draw or win games away from home that we are at the minute. But, hey, if it, if it stops, I think we've got enough points on the board to, uh, to be comfortable with a couple of games dropping points. As long as this is it, isn't it? The, the points on the board is such a big deal, which is kind of the... Uh, oh, it is. It, it's the counter-argument to, uh, you know, you don't get any prizes in October because 
no, but those points are ours for the rest of the season. We've we've yeah. bought ourselves leeway. I mean, you know, I, I, you, if I had to bet, I would say United are not going to finish in the top two. Sorry, give me give me a few more months and maybe I'll change my tune. But you know, it seems like the safer yeah. bet is is still like playoffs is our ambition. But all these points are going to help for when we you know inexplicably lose to a team that are worse than us or you know come up against a, a team that on the day are better than us. Um, so yeah, it's 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 having those points in the bag is is incredibly valuable. I mean, you know, look at when we got promoted last time we were promoted to the Premier League. We had a ridiculous start to the season. I think we won ten of our first eleven or something like that. And you know, then we we essentially had yeah. the leeway to have uh, the kind of annual Warnock rut in January, as we always seem to have under him, where we lost four games. But yeah, it's all about buying yourself yeah. that leeway, isn't it, for over a season? I mean. Yeah, so far we've won four of our eight away games, so averaging two points a game. And yeah, you, you figure that's probably going to come down. But you know, maybe our home form will carry on. We're you know we're we're racking up the home wins, yeah. which, you know, which we pretty much did last season as well. So yeah, just uh, it's almost bonus points if you like that we've got sort of banked oh. for now. Yeah, no, it's it's and it's you know, and again, I know we're trying to rush through to get the finish, but it's, it's a bigger point as well about confidence, and it's almost something that's happening on the other half of the season. So as a, I don't want to bring them into Wolves, but as an as someone who's an analyst, as an analyst, I am completely shocked that Sheffield Wednesday have had so many points in the recent games as they have. They've lost yeah. just about every game on the XG count and on the shot count. However, it's crazy. Like at the weekend, Bristol City got two XG against Wednesday's 0.8. Like it's just nuts how they get results. Like, we all know they scored worldies, but the opposition have also had great chances of missed. It's crazy. Mm. But the confidence they've gleaned now from those wins. Maybe in the next 10 games, they outperform, you know, they get better XG than their opponents. Exactly like us. Just because we're beating teams now that aren't classed as the harder teams in the league, well, we've got points on the board, we've got our position consolidated in the league, everyone's high on confidence, the team are together, we've had comeback wins, we've had dominating wins, we've seen games out that we maybe shouldn't have won. All that now adds up to a very scary prospect for any of the next top six that we play, because we've got a fully confident and fully working, efficient Sheffield United coming to town. So, the points on the board, you know, we love metrics and things, but the points on the board are the only thing that matters at the end of the day, and it can't be taken away from us. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's uh, let's finish on a, a good note then. Uh, having now brought the other side of the city into it, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, what is your goal goal of the season so far? What what's your what's your pick? I'm, I'm, I've got two, and it, I can't split between them. Um, it's the third goal against Millwall, the winner. Mm-hmm. The reasons discussed earlier, the, 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 the level of, not just now, the, the fact we won a game in the last minute away at Millwall, the level of intricacy, composure, and just genius football that we played, you know, away at Millwall at that time. Teams don't do that. You panic, you know, in the 89th minute of the game when it's 2 2, you rush, take a shot, you try and get a corner. Just to hold the ball, you know, in the final third and play and play and play, wait for the opportunity, quick one, two around the back, square it, there's the goal drink, two yards out, bang, game one. That's beautiful. Um, and then the other one was the third goal away at Bolton, just because Ooh. it had that massive pass sequence before it. Um, I could have got Duffy at home to Villa, because it's a beautiful strike as well, but I, that Bolton goal was fantastic. You know, I think it's still the highest recorded goal this season with Opta for the championship with most passes before the goal. Um, and it was just beautiful, wasn't it, to see us pull Bolton apart, because you can just say 18 months ago, they didn't think that would be the case, did they? No, probably not. Yeah, it's a, it's a good show. I think... Yeah, just with the the Millwall one, actually. Um, again, I think that just illustrates where we are as a team. I mean, 
you know, Millwall fans, it was two all and uh, the ball went into the stand and the Millwall fans are essentially trying to keep the ball. You know, they were yeah. they were recognising that they were basically getting away with one there, but, you know, and the, the way that we were kind of playing and eventually got our reward. I mean, yeah, my, my personal pick, it has to be that Duffy goal for me, I think, against Villa. Um, just a sort of a, a dagger through the heart for them, really. I mean, you know, the way, he, I think it's McGinn that he just sort of shrugs off the ball in the centre circle and, you know, leaves yeah. him on his backside and then storms forward. Everyone's yelling, shoot, and he, he duly obliges with one that just sort of skips into the net and... Yeah, there's been, you know, I, I always want Duffy to shoot, even though it's not the way that we play, if you know what I mean. You know, I wanted to just let fly <laughs> yeah, a bit more often. Yeah. But, yeah, it was kind of right behind that one as it went into the net. And, yeah, great strike in, uh, in a brilliant win, I think. So, yeah, but that the Fleck one at Bolton as well is uh, is definitely a great shout. Um, all right, I think that's all of them. Then that's, uh, that is our quarter season awards, unless there's anything else you wanted to uh, quickly mention. Well, we two minutes. We did, we, you did include one more award, award on the private, which we shared. I, I can't really think of anything. Ben's idea was a pat yourself on the back award for me and Ben. So what have we said was going to happen or stated something and it did. Because um, we'll obviously use all our metrics and things to try and predict things. And I think me and Ben couldn't really think of anything, which may say more about us than anything else. <laughs> um, but I actually thought of two things in the intervening time, which was one, the Bolton result and the consequent Bolton drop down the league. Oh, that's true, yeah. Three, in writing on our on our write up, so that's good. Um, we've actually not been bad at predicting scores and goal scorers in our pre week previews, have we? Yeah, you've been, been freakishly good at this. I haven't earned any money off it, unfortunately. That's <laughs> quite bad. So, uh, yeah, but the final thing. Go on, sorry. Oh, sorry, mate. I was a more serious one was we are co and captain of the end of defender group. Oh yes. Um, we have this yeah, finally. I thought of one, and you agree, I'm sure. We've, we've done this for a while now. Um, yes, Stephen's dropped off at the start of this season. We agreed. We defended him last season, saying he hadn't dropped off and just made some individual errors You know that did cost goals, but he was still giving production in terms of his overall play that was at a high level. He just wasn't getting the credit for it. It wasn't quite leading to chances and goals and wins, mm-hmm. but he was still doing good things. And now what we see is an end of Stephen's that he's completely free from, from every kind of pressure because we go down the right as well as the left. As you stated earlier, he's got space to play in. He's, I like Marvin Johnson, but from when Johnson's come on, Stevens is a better player. He's more technical. He's better on the ball. He's better in the build-up. And he's putting in great crosses as well. So I mm. want to give us a pat on the back for saying Ender Stevens was good when people thought he wasn't. Yep. Hashtag Ender Defender, which I've seen people using yes. pro- probably as ironically as I was, but I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, just a... A brilliant bit of skill at the end of that whole game from Stevens, actually, when we were kind of just uh, just playing keep ball, basically, to run out the clock. And he, uh, I saw it on um, its Travelling Blade. There's uh, really good uh, video blogs from the games. And, yeah, there's, he captured it brilliant in his video. He's sort of... He's almost got three men around him and just kind of rolls his studs over the ball. Like, it kind of drags it towards him and then just skips away from the tackles. And, yeah, I think I think we can definitely pat ourselves on the back with that one. Um, two other ones I thought of, actually, just quickly. Uh, one is I said our midfielders would score more goals this season. I'm sure I've said that at some point. Yeah. Just, uh, just in terms yeah. of, like, more, I guess, goals from other areas of the team. And, yeah, we're seeing that already. We've got two for Duffy. Uh, which I think matches his total last season. Maybe he got three. Can't remember. Uh, one for Flake and one for Norwood as well. And yeah, I would, I would expect all three of those to keep chipping in throughout the season, just from the way we play. 
Um, and then the final one, uh, I did also say we'd score more goals from set pieces, which wasn't a hugely bold claim and also didn't take into account the signing of Norwood either. But um, yeah, I, I said we'd score more than 10 goals this season, which I think we only got eight or nine last year. Uh, and we got four already, and that doesn't include penalties either. So yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty confident in saying that was a good go with the regression to mean on that one. We'll definitely improve that one season on season. At the time, I didn't imagine we'd sign Norwood and Egan, who would give us so much of an extra dimension there. But there you go. Those are mine. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's good. No, I think you nailed it. Yeah, penalty FC, you do score goals from corners and free kicks as well, so that's good, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed. All right, mate. Uh, that's everything. So we, yeah, there we go. Sheffield United, top of the league. Uh, enjoy it, I guess. I mean, you know, you never know how long we'll be up here, but right now we we absolutely deserve it. And the signs are that, you know, it, if if it doesn't continue quite to this extent, the signs are certainly that we we're in for a good season. I think. I mean, it's hard to imagine. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> it's hard to imagine anything going wrong. Not not quite what I mean. It's hard to imagine wow. sort of. Uh, Hard to imagine a single incident that is going to mess us up in the way that a single incident definitely had a big impact last season. Um, maybe that's a separate conversation, actually. Maybe I should edit this out. Maybe I shouldn't say this at all. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it could be sustainable, is what I'm saying. Whereas, you know, there were signs, I guess, last season that perhaps we were slightly yeah. overperforming. Um, so, yeah, international break now. We have two whole weeks without uh, meaningful football. Uh, and then we're back with... With a, a, a fan, what should be a great game, I think, uh, away at Frank Lampard's Derby County trademark um, in a couple of weeks, which uh, I think we're both going to. I certainly got my tickets today, and uh, yeah, I mean that that should be a cracker, shouldn't it? I'm really looking forward to. You know, I, we've had these sort of. I guess you could say we've had a slightly easy run of fixtures in the last three or four games. Well, not with the Blackburn game, of course, but maybe out of sort of three out of the last four home games or something like that. Um, but I'm interested to see what we'll look like against a team like Derby who, you know, will presumably want to beat us and have the ambition of beating us and so play that way, but will also be, I guess, respectful and wary of the fact that we're top of the league as well. So, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one, I think. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully a big crowd of uh, of United fans there as well. And uh, I do like these 5.30 kickoffs, you know. You know, when we're on Sky, it just like gives you... Gives you a little bit of extra time in the pub. That's always nice. Don't have to rush so much. Yeah. Uh, it's come, come winter as well. It's under the lights, isn't it? Because it's dark. And it's, you know, it's, it's Pride Park. It's a bloody good stadium. I'll give them that. You know, it's, it's, this is a Premier League game for me. Derby County versus Sheffield United. You know, I'm, I'm old-fashioned in that sense. And, uh, yeah, it should be a, a, a very good atmosphere. Loads of blades travelling across. Like you say, plenty of time to get some beers in and stuff. And, uh, Really interesting tactical game as well because without getting too much into it, um, they're a possession team. They they want to play possession football and they also press the ball really high. Um, they're very high in the pressing stats. So you kind of talk about us, um, you know, in a different system. They've also got some some key players that are kind of superstars and Mason Mount. So um, that'll be interesting, and it'll be interesting to see if Waggon gets a run out, won't it? Uh, do you know yeah. what? I completely forgot he existed. Yeah, 10 minutes off the bench that he gets every now and again um, and we don't need him because quite frankly we just we stung Ipswich for the better person didn't we with McGoldrick so I don't really care anymore yeah that's bizarre though, isn't it 6 million or whatever it was for him and he's kind of just been warming their bench we saw uh, Brereton come on against us uh, for Blackburn the other day and 
you know, I saw some Blackburn fans comments afterwards about what a disaster signing that was relative to the amount of money they spent for him. He's only a kid. I'm sure he'll, you know, go on to be a good championship player. But yeah, you compare that to the kind of instant production we've got out of McGoldrick, who cost zip, is uh, is pretty satisfying, to be honest. Um, all right, mate. Well, it's, it's good to uh, good to catch up again. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed your holiday and uh, you came back just in time to see us uh, get back to the top of the league, which is great. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, might see you at the Derby game then. Hopefully so, mate. Hopefully so. Excited <laughs> for that one. Nice one. All right. Uh, yeah, enjoy the international break. Uh, I guess we'll be back. Uh, hopefully talk after the Derby game. Uh, hopefully with another three points, I guess. It's been good doing these with uh, with so much success for United so far this season. And uh, long may it continue, I suppose, and enjoy it, enjoy every minute of it. We've got two weeks where we're going to be sat at the top of the championship. So, uh, yeah, let's make sure we soak it in. Yeah, nice to tell the rest of the league to buy the gap, isn't it, other than, you know, what else? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, cheers, Jay. Uh, as always, people can follow you on Twitter at Blades Analytic, but uh, I'm, I'm sure they all already are following you but if not they should definitely go and do that um and i guess uh go and check out uptheblades.com as well because i've got a uh, a longish piece um about our season so far up there with some of the things we talked about today and some other stuff as well but uh yeah thanks very much for listening and uh yeah thanks for coming on mate and i will catch up with you very soon i'm sure all right mate thank you very much See you cheers later, buddy mate. take it easy bye-bye